Christ. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words I speak be in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for this opportunity to speak at the Wednesday service in CITI. Like Mara said, this is my first time without uh, Philip or our children. So we have, I haven't been here in a long time, and pre-COVID times we used to come almost every Wednesday, I think, and my children's favorite part of the evening were the Pringles and Coke <laughs> in between the service and dinner. And dinner was always, as well, a highlight of our the menu for the week. So it's good to be back um, and good also to connect with AMS and to see colleagues and friends. Uh, Zoom is wonderful, but face-to-face -face is, is so different and, and good. If the Lord does not build a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow, for he gives his beloved sleep. What are we building? This is the question I want to look at this evening through the lens of Psalm 127. The opening words of the psalm are Shir Hama'alot, a song of ascent. And we, we see that all the time in the psalms, and we can sort of gloss over that, but it, it gives us a clue, a tiny clue, as to the nature of the psalm. A song of ascent attributed to Solomon, who, as we know in the text, will build the first temple in Jerusalem. So there's already a connection between with, with with building something is being built the songs of ascent were songs of praise sung as you walked up to the temple and indeed if you go to jerusalem today and i'm sure many folks here have been and if you ever get the chance to go i would encourage you to it brings the bible alive in a very unique way but if you go to jerusalem today you can walk up the ancient path of ascent which leads from the city of david to the southern end of the Temple Mount complex. And it's quite amazing because they've recently 
let's say recently, I don't know, in the last couple of years, I suppose, but uncovered this path. It's still sort of covered over, it's an archeological site, but here you are walking up a dusty, narrow path and what is romantic in my head or imaginary suddenly becomes real, a real place. And even just holding that sense, you're in this place on this path and you know these words were echoed and sung by people with a melody as pilgrims walked up to the temple two and a half thousand years ago to worship the one and living God. There's an amazing sense of connection um, and reality that transcends culture and time. Just You're just standing there and there you are. So walking up that path brings it alive and helps me to read it, this psalm and other texts in the Bible, with the sense that I'm not just reading a one-dimensional text. I'm not just reading flat words on a page that have a relevance only for me today in the 21st century. I'm reading into space and time, joining my voice with the voices who formed those very words, who sung those words, who heard those words. And I'm entering into a conversation with those words, as well as with God and with myself. So there are a lot of things happening between me and the text, between us and the text, as we enter in to this song of ascent. So let us imagine for a few minutes that we are walking together up the path of ascent toward the temple, also called the house or God's house, and we are singing and we are hearing these words. If the Lord does not build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. What might we have thought as we uttered those words walking up the path of ascent? Perhaps passing workers who were maintaining or working on the temple structure? What is this psalm teaching me, teaching us about building and about who God is? What are we building? The verb to build in Hebrew is bana. And if you're in Hebrew class with Katie and you have a test and you need to know that, now you know it. Or if you're in a quiz. Um, and the first thing built in scripture is not a city or a boat, but a person. Genesis 2 verse 22. The Lord God built the rib or side which he had taken out of the human into a woman. There are specific verbs for making and for fashioning and for forming and molding. And Adam, there's a different verb for Adam. But here the building that the Lord undertakes brings forth a person. Building is clearly not confined to constructing an external structure. And likewise, house in the text. It's not always a solid structure with four walls and a roof. In fact, very often it is not that. The first time we meet the word house, by it in Hebrew, it is on the inside of Noah's Ark, describing what it will be like. It's not always translated, but it is in there. And again, when Jacob sleeps on a stone in the middle of nowhere and dreams of the ladder to heaven with angels ascending and descending, and he wakes up with that profound phrase, God was in this place and I did not know. He names this place with no sign or marker or map, Beit 
L, God's house. Clearly, house also is not an external structure that I can always see. There's more going on with what it means to build and with what God's house can look like. So what are the materials we use to build in our lives? And Exodus offers us a clue. In Exodus 5, Pharaoh responds to Moses and Aaron's request to send the Hebrews into the wilderness by increasing their workload and with the demand that they now find the straw themselves to make the bricks to build Pharaoh's cities. The people of God have to build Pharaoh's cities. Before, they just had to make bricks. Now, they have to find the components to make the bricks for Pharaoh. In Exodus 24, after the journey out of Egypt, very different bricks are described. Moses and Aaron and the elders of Israel, who are now a newly liberated people, see bricks of sapphire under God's feet. What are the bricks we have access to? And what are we building? Are we building with bricks of sapphire for the one and living God in freedom? Or are we building with Pharaoh's bricks for Pharaoh? What are we building? I would suggest as well that we are always building. Whether toward life or away from it, everything we do all the time is building something. Whether through our words and words create in scripture, or our actions, our thoughts, our deeds, whether individually or collectively. What am I building? And I like that in Ecclesiastes 3, the well-known passage, a time for everything, speaks of a time for building, but also a time to tear down. Sometimes it's okay to start again, and sometimes we need the wisdom to know when to do that. Back in our opening Psalm 127, there's another word which can help us to figure out if what we are building is of substance or not. And that is this word shav or shava, which or shave, translates as vain, but is more empty. It's less vanity and more of an emptiness. It's also used in the Ten Commandments. Um, when we say not to take the Lord's name in vain, something we're all familiar with, it's more not to lift up his name for emptiness. What does it mean to labor for that? which is empty. Or as the psalm encourages us, uh, in my interpretation, to see where God is building and what God is guarding and what God is doing and to join in with that. So we have both what God is building in our lives, in us, in his called out people going back and forward in time and what we are building with the tools that he has given us. And as part of the Association of Mission Societies, this dual question, really, what are we building? What is God building through us? Is very relevant when we consider mission. And here at CITI, as you go through ordination, what is God building in you? There's a tendency also to think of building as a project that has a start and an end. I mean, if we're building a house, of course, we want to see it started and finished. No one wants to live with an unfinished house but life is not like that and the building process is something that is ongoing like gardening again the wisdom of ecclesiastes in knowing what time it is 
a time to build up, a time to knock down, a time to pull up weeds, a time to plant seeds, a time to harvest, a time to rest. It's all part of the process. Am I building something that is empty? Am I guarding something that is empty? Can I begin again and build on what the Lord has established and is doing? And on our journey of ascent together, to pick up in the pilgrim dimension to this psalm which we began with, can we ask that question together? It's not just about what I am building, it's about what we are doing collectively. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians picks up some of these themes and offers a good conclusion for our reflection on Psalm 127. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 9 to 13 read, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given me, wise as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. May we all be encouraged as we evaluate what we are building and what God is building through us. May we be encouraged to know that it's okay to start again, no matter where we are in the building process and encouraged to know also that it is a process something ongoing that is not intended for emptiness but for fruit amen, amen.